WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. How are we doing today, boys? SRZ episode 11, back at you. Ryan Collins in the host chair alongside Alex McRae, Aiden Hunt. And special guest this week, Nathan Stearns. We've been trying to get Stearns on the show for a little while. He usually sits around. He's in the other studio watching us record. It's nice to have you on the show, Nate. Thank you guys for having me. Normally, I'm in the studio doing Hikaru voiceover, so don't flatter yourselves too much. I don't stay around just for you guys. Uh, okay. Probably should. <laughs> don't worry. We, we watch you do your voiceovers from our studio into your studio. Yeah, I make sure that you guys can see. <laughs> As you can tell, Nate has an absolutely stunning voice. It's incredible. But we're <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. We uh, get into some college football. It's week nine already. That's I weird. I know. It's crazy. It, I, yeah. Yeah. Fall goes by so fast when, Like once you get to college. It's insane. Like it, it, like it just goes by so fast. The summer is so long. And you get all the way. You're like, oh, I can't wait to go back up to East Lansing. And then... Week nine of the college football season. Yeah, it's Halloween next week. I know, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Speaking of crazy, the Fighting Illini beat Wisconsin in Champaign in the best stadium, I think, in the Big Ten. It is so cool looking. You're going to put Memorial Stadium as the best in the Big Ten? It's not. The Big House is probably the best in the Big Ten, but it's pretty cool. I don't think I'd, I think I'd put Beaver. You put Beaton? No, dude. I think that I, place I, is a dump. I think I'd go Beaver, Camp Randall, then the Big House. And if it's at night, we're putting Kinnick above the big house too. Yo. I know it's huge. I know it's the biggest stadium in the world or something like that. But it, it just it doesn't look that appealing to me. I it's pretty. Nate, growing up in the Ann Arbor area for what the back half of your childhood. Yeah, yeah. How many games have you been to? A couple of games. I've, I can't say the big house looks cool from outside. I've never been inside of it. So unfortunately, it's true. I used to be a U of M fan. I've never been to an. I, oh, let me rephrase. I've been to one game when they played Colorado. That one year when yeah. they ended up losing in double overtime to Ohio State down at the shoe. But it's not anything special Special once you get inside. In fact, it's kind of shaped like a glorified toilet bowl. <laughs> but the problem is you have a lot like you have a lot of metal bleachers. It's really not anything that nice. It's really more extravagant from the outside. It's nothing to get your hopes up about. Okay. You know, I think you guys are all disrespecting the horseshoe. Yeah, it's probably up there. I, oh, I was there. I totally a, forgot. I was the there horseshoe. a few weeks ago. The architecture outside the building, as well as the uh, atmosphere inside the building at night, uh, that was unmatched. I've never been in a, in a venue like that before. I, I, I think I'm putting horseshoe number one. Yeah. I, I I retract everything I've said up until this point. I when we you said Beaver Stadium, Beaver Stadium, <laughs> like the environment's cool, but like that place is like literally built like you're in a machinery. You literally go and it's just like structure. The concourse have no character. I I, I I don't know for like getting into that, but Penn State's a good environment, but it's a weird it's a weird stadium. I love how we're Sit discussing tail, yeah. stadium architecture here on it. SRZ. Love it. I That's mean, what happens when Michigan State doesn't play for a week. We don't have enough to complain about, so yes. we need to just start bringing everything into the show. Well, I I had to bring it up because Illinois Memorial Stadium got a half like. Field storming. I didn't expect him to fill the full hundred yards. I get it. It's Illinois football. You're not going to be packed. But uh, Illinois football back. I will talk about it a little bit later. But I mean, big win. Kind of like that's one of the most surprising like wins I've seen in a very long time in college football. I think so, if you're University of Illinois, you make Lovey president next, right? Yeah, no. Like he's I mean, the, he's the next like provost or something. Like he it, he gets some kind of. I mean, you got to win six games this year, and then he becomes president. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I mean he, he gets paid like four point five million dollars a year to coach a three yeah. and four college football team, or maybe he gets a class like Urban Meyer and uh, Mike Leach. Yeah. That beard does have wisdom. I would agree. He would be a pretty good professor. I would say that, but uh. Moving on to the 3.30 slate last Saturday, Oregon, big win in Washington. Didn't look like they were going to get it done. Herbert looked really good. He looked very, very good. This Oregon team's physical. I don't agree with college football people that, like, I know I picked them to the playoff preseason. This team's not good enough to go to the playoff, but it's their only hope. Yeah, I, I, it is definitely their only hope. I think Herbert looked like the first-round pick everybody said he was 
And yeah, he was good. He, so was Eason. Eason played really good. He tore apart a, a fairly decent Washington team. I know Washington's had a few yeah. bad luck losses this year, and they're not what they were last year, but it's still a very impressive win for the Oregon Ducks. I mean, Jacob Eason played just as good as Herbert did. Jacob Eason could possibly be a first-round pick this year. No, I, I agree with you. And Which is crazy to think about. I remember a few weeks ago we talked about the uh, the top quarterbacks for the 2020 NFL draft, and one was Tua. Uh, they had Jake Fromm as two, which he's probably slipped a little bit now, and yeah, now it's Herbert not. and Easton are the clear, the clear top three, I think, with Tua now. Okay, yeah. yeah and then go out to the West Coast. BYU to shatters Boise's dreams. I didn't really get the, a chance to watch that, but that's noteworthy. And la- I, I wanted to touch on this just for a quick sec. Is Baylor the real deal? That's a big win to go to Stillwater and beat a solid Oklahoma State team. I, no one, no one, no one expected them to get that win. No, uh, that's that's true. But at the same time, I'm not going to respect a Big 12 team until they take down one of the two Big 12 juggernauts in okay. Texas and Oklahoma. I think I think that's pretty fair because it's— Well, a, Kansas almost took down Texas okay, last Saturday. Okay, okay, then Oklahoma. At least play Oklahoma tough because, okay. for me, Oklahoma is very much like Ohio State in the Big Ten They're where the it's, 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 it's them and then there's a big gap and then there's everybody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it, like Hunt said, we got to figure out a way to complain about other stuff and chatter about other stuff when Michigan State doesn't play. Right now, usually we give a little review of the last week's game, but Michigan State didn't play last week. The only thing that happened was another couple guys entered entered the transfer portal with Noah Davis and Cam Chambers, six guys in total this year. We, I, I thought we should touch on it. I mean, not a good luck. Now, All on not, the offensive side of the ball, it's that Boyer Randall. Yeah, it's not a great look, but when you look a little deeper at it, you realize that these are all pretty veteran guys. Not a lot of not a lot of youth outside of Jefferson, who's a sophomore. That 2015 class is like seven guys. 2000, 2016 is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, it's 2016. The 15 class only has Lewerke, Um Yeah, well, I he's believe, a fifth year. Yeah, that's from 15. Okay. Lewerke and um, Kenny, I think. Kenny. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. But uh, and maybe no, Swords and Hartbarger are fourteen, which okay. is ridiculous. But when you look back at it, uh, it's just a bunch of veteran guys who really haven't gotten a ton of playing time so far this year. So I think that playing time plays more into it than necessarily the culture of the team right now, which I can't also say is a good thing, but isn't the bad world is falling thing that everybody wants to make it out to be. I, I think there's something to all these guys transferring, though. I do think if they were a competitive team in the Big Ten and maybe had an opportunity to win, you wouldn't see this. I, I Like, I generally don't think if Michigan State has one loss, the Darius Jefferson is in the transfer portal right now. Because it really doesn't make sense for him to transfer when he did. Like, I, 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 I do think winning, like, is a factor. But at the same time, I do agree with you. I think it's a couple guys that just wanted playing time. You saw that with Cam Chambers. who's was like, people thought I was just happy going to law school. I want playing time. I, I thought it was a little ridiculous how they never played Chambers this year. It was, I mean, it, the wide receivers haven't been great. Why why not throw them out there? Get them some reps. I mean, he'd been good in games before. He yeah. he balled out last year against Michigan and Ohio State, two of their best opponents. Yeah, and they, yeah. As decent as C.J. Hayes has been so far this season, I think Cam Chambers would have been a better fit in that that third spot. The thing about it, they use hate. I don't. I for. I don't know why, the way they construct their wide receiver core, because they have Hayes work on like the slot a lot, which I really don't like. He's Mismatch. Mo- That's yeah. what they're trying to go for. Because yeah, it doesn't Hayes... work though. He doesn't have that speed. I would rather have Larice yeah. Nelson or someone. I know Naylor was supposed to be the guy this year. That's a guy we haven't talked about probably in a month. I I forgot about that name until D'Antonio said it in his presser today that Naylor's kind of like Hamler, which I disagree with. But not a chance. Yeah. KJ Hamler is a dynamic we're, player. We're going to talk about KJ Hamler and Penn State later. Can but you, can you imagine if KJ Hamler didn't decommit for Michigan State? He didn't decommit. Or not decommit. If he, I thought he was. He was. I, KJ Hamler was a Michigan State target for a long time, and they went three and nine, and Penn State won the Big Ten. Well, so it made sense for him to. Um, I don't blame him at all. Yeah. Also, KJ Hamler needs the ball to be delivered to him. <laughs> To, to make plays. Okay. Okay. True. We would have run him into the ground anyway. <laughs> That's it's it's a very good point. But Michigan State didn't play, but the Big Ten did. And let me tell you, a lot of stinkers uh, last week, like game wise. There was a couple good ones with Illinois and Michigan, but 
Ohio State on Friday night. Northwestern has completely given up this year. And they're just not good. I did not expect this out of a Pat Fitzgerald team. No, I didn't expect this at all. I thought their defense coming into the season was one of the better ones in the Big Ten. Patty Fisher, Joe Joe Gazzano, whatever that guy's name is. Gazziano, yeah. Both of those guys really were dominant forces last year. And they, while have been good, their unit as a whole has not been great at all. No. Their offense is terrible. I mean, that's the biggest problem. I understand that. And Ohio State's just in a different class of their own. But I thought, like, maybe you see a little Fitzy fight on that Friday night. You didn't see any of that. I yeah, know. I mean, you look at what they did at Camp Randall a few weeks ago. Yeah. And they gave they gave Wisconsin a tough go at it. But, man, you yeah. got to put up a better fight than that against Ohio State. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. There was 80% Ohio State fans. Well, I thought they were going to be better just because they had Hunter Johnson. This was a kid who was a five-star recruit committed to Clemson. you got to trust that Dabo knows what he's seeing, and then you have Pat Fitzgerald, who was one of the hottest commodities for NFL coaching. I thought he was going to Green Bay. And the fact that they are just getting utterly thrashed in a good, not great Big Ten West, man, I don't know. No, I thought Johnson was going to be phenomenal. I really did. You're completely right. And that's what happens sometimes when you see these guys from bid schools move on to maybe a lower tier. You think they're gonna go off? I, I this is such a random name. I think about Rob Marv from the the U going back to Purdue like five or six years. Like I'm like he's gonna have a good year at Purdue, but that's just not how it works out sometimes. But back to the biggest news in the big time: Illinois with an absolutely shocking win, probably arguably the most shocking win in the last 15 years in the big time. I can't I. I Nathan Stearns is giving me a look. What would you compare this to? Because it's was, pretty hard. What was the year when Michigan lost to App State? Was that 2007, yeah, 2006? I, 2006. That, that, that would, if we're going by the 15-year parameter, I think that's one of the only things you can put above that. Well, I, when I meant that, I meant inside the conference. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, no, then you're right. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I didn't see this coming at all. Like, at all. Because, like, if you watch this, this game, which I did, Wisconsin was in control the whole game. And and then a flip switch at the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter, and they got a little bit of cold feet. Yeah, you know, I had an inkling that something might like this was my might, pick, by the might way. happen. This was my wild card pick. No big deal. I'm yeah. not bragging. I I just said, take Illinois. This is going to be a close game. Yeah, well, when it was, I believe, Friday night, I was just scrolling through scrolling through the channels on uh, on my TV, and I just happened to stop on a Big Ten throwback game, and that was when Wisconsin, fifth-ranked Wisconsin in 2007, came to Memorial Stadium and lost to Juice Williams in was Illinois. Was Juice Williams in 2005? Was, no, it was 2007. Okay. And they beat Ohio State at Ohio State that year. Yeah. That's so, probably up there, too. Yeah. And uh, so when I when I saw that, I'm like, you know what? That game... That game happens this week. Maybe some magic happens. Yeah. Maybe maybe Lovey channels the the magic yeah. beard and and pulls a rabbit out of his hat, and he did. I, I I'm like really trying to like think back to possible games in the last fifteen years or like in my lifetime where I think in conference where complete mismatch, and the other team just like you look at those Illinois teams in two thousand seven. Like you said, they went on the road and beat a Ohio State team led by Terrell Pryor and stuff like that. That's pretty impressive. But their team was also pretty solid. They went to the Rose Bowl that year, given they went 9-3 and three and it was a fluke, whatever. But at the same time, this Illinois team does not match up very well with this Wisconsin team. They're terrible against the run. You didn't really expect Illinois' defense to be able to put up a fight like they did, and they did. I, did I just say, and they did, and they did? Yeah. The, I, just, I just put my mind in a pretzel well, right there. whatever. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand what Wisconsin does where they just started out so fast. Like they they got yeah. out to a, a big lead in the game, yep. And then they just took their foot off the gas. They didn't. I wouldn't say they got out to a big lead. They had opportunities in the red zone. And they kept on kicking field goal field goals. So I, I that happens. But does that remind you of a uh, certain Lions game a few weeks ago? Yeah, Detroit Lions. Cool. I don't want to talk about them anymore. They stink. They are so bad. How about the Bears, Aiden? So we can deflect how bad they are. No, uh, uh we can't deflect to the Browns because. Joe isn't here, so but, and, and, and Nate's a Carolina fan. They're actually good, so we can't deflect yeah, we to can't him either. Decent. Not good. Well, let's wait until Sunday to see if they're good. <laughs> and if I can touch on one more thing, 
Can we talk about how do you go from beating Eastern Michigan and then <laughs> losing, a couple weeks later losing to Eastern Wisconsin, Michigan. losing to Eastern Michigan yeah. and then beating Wisconsin? I, I I I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, that's, that's a dra- the beauty of college football. The it ghost really of Mad Max Crosby was yeah. uh, was summoned for that. Uh, Eastern Illinois game right there. <laughs> I will say that, though. Illinois does have some. Like, Brandon Peters isn't horrible. No. Like, he's not horrible. He completed nine passes against Wisconsin. Yeah, but he made some big plays down the stretch. He did. And, and Corbin, the running back, is very good. He he's is. A very, he's an above-average big-time running back. So they do have playmakers. Like Stern said, complete, complete shock. I didn't think anyone saw that coming. Move on to Kinnick, Iowa City. I'm going to tell you, I mean, Iowa won 26 to 20. This Purdue team in the next two years is going to be fantastic. After being dead the last four weeks. No, no, no. I They have so <laughs> many young players that are really, really good. Like, really. They got a wide receiver. What's his name? I think it's David Bell. And they got David Bell and Rondell Moore for another two years. Well, Rondell Ronda, Moore will probably go pro after next Fine, year. Fine, another year. And Jake Plummer J- is Jack. 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 J- God, I say it every time. <laughs> every time I say Jake Plummer. Fine. Jack Plummer is good, too. Oh, yeah. So... so I'm just saying, hold out. Like, Purdue, people were, like, hyping them up this year. Move that hype to next year. They're going to be really good. I truly believe that. And I think Jeff Brom's probably the top three coach in Pit 10. So, I don't know. That game was very unnoteworthy. It was very Iowa-y, the way they won that game. So You know, I'm 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 out on Iowa. They're not, they're not good. They're just Iowa. They're not going to win anything. They're, they're going to They're going to get smoked in their bowl game by whoever decent opponent they play. They have just not looked good against any kind of competition so far this season. They run a high school JV offense. That's <laughs> half the problem. It's hard to win when you're running the same power gap scheme every single play. Reminds us of Brad Salem. Yeah, no, you're completely right. They play. They like play for third down. It's yes. like one of the weirdest things. I've, it's second and four. They're like. QB sneak. Let's get it done on third down. I'm like, what are we doing? I here? want to be able to run a fullback dive on third and one. No, actually, they they play that way. So I'm just saying, weird. And then, boys, I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. It's got to die at some time, but it's not dying anytime soon. The Minnesota hype train, all the way up to 17th ranked in the country. What? You uh, pointed, uh, uh, okay. You, no one's talking. You just pointed your <laughs> finger at me. And talk. I, I, well, I thought you had something else that you were going to no. cover. Uh, if Michigan State is able to pull off some kind of magic against Penn State this week. Minnesota will be nine and zero, or ten and zero. What are you talking about? They have to play Penn State. Still. Exactly. They will beat Penn State. If Michigan, said, if Michigan said, State beats Penn State, Minnesota will beat Penn State. What? No way. Yes. It, why? That makes no sense. Yes, I'm telling you right now. That's my. That's what I'm saying. That's a weird. That's. I don't think those correlate at all. Minnesota. I, I, I would assume is Penn Minis- State would bounce back and then beat Minnesota. Is Minnesota better than Michigan State? I don't think so. Yes. They haven't played anyone. They have the easiest schedule I think in the Big Ten. Aiden, what do you think? I think they have a better offensive scheme and they have better playmakers on the outside. Tanner Morgan's a good quarterback. But if Michigan State and Minnesota played on a neutral field, I think Michigan State would so, win. So, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Sorry, Aiden. Are you telling me <laughs> that they have a better quarterback, yes. better skill position? Their defense is not that good. I think Michigan State would be able to put up points against them, and I don't think they've played a defense like Michigan State, even though it's been disappointing. I still think they would give Minnesota problems. A, a defense that gave up 31 points to Indiana? Yeah, well... At home, on homecoming, you're just asking my gut feeling, and I'm still like getting all the star tissue off from believing Michigan State was good. So that maybe, maybe it's some of that where I still think it's that Mark D'Antonio program where I'll just give them the nod against any like lower level, not lower level, but mid tier Big Ten West team. So maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, in my heart of hearts, I do think Michigan State would beat Minnesota. Okay, I do want to hear Aiden's opinion now. Uh, I know that we have been talking about the Minnesota hype train for. Weeks Three now. weeks. Three I got to be totally honest. I have yet to watch a Minnesota football game. Yeah, because game. They, cause they because play nobody. Because they're not on TV. They're on BTN. That's it. Not, literally, they don't play anyone. I don't have cable. I should mention that. You well. don't have cable? Don't that's know. tough. That, that, I'm, that, that student, I'm, I'm balling on a budget. If I, gotcha. I can't find a, a, a stream online or on Watch ESPN, I'm probably not going to watch the game. Shout out Reddit. Shout out Reddit. But uh, Indiana-Maryland happened. No one watched it. No one really cared. Indiana won. Without Michael Penix, so that's pretty good. They're five and two. They passed Michigan State in the East. I they're five and two though. That's like very Indiana. I don't 
Indiana never is at five and two at this point in the season. Is is, is Indiana Michigan State's best win this year? Probably. Unfortunately, have, yeah, you, have you heard the um, what? It's like some kind of movement going on. It's called Nine Windiana. Yeah, yeah. Indiana yeah, is yeah, trying nine, to get hashtag Nine Windiana. They're trying to get to nine wins, which is possible. They have to beat Penn State. I think it's very possible. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's Indiana. They'll end up like somehow barely getting the six. That's just how Indiana football is. <laughs> it really, it really is. They get like some sort of hype. Like this was Tom Wilson's mo. They'd be four and zero, and then they wouldn't win another game. So I, I don't know, but it's weird. Like Indiana five and two, weird, very, very weird. And then the biggest game in the conference on paper, it looked like. Michigan Penn State. Michigan actually did not look bad, and Shea Patterson did not look bad. They started really bad. Yes. No. Their still position players started very bad. Except Shea, Shea Patterson played good that whole game. I had someone try and tell me that he didn't play good in that first half. He had no help. There, that wide receiver core did not show up until the second quarter of that game. They were still down by three scores. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying this Michigan team, it could have been very easy once they went down 21 to nothing in a whiteout to kind of just throw the towel. I was very shocked. They made that a game, and if Ronnie Bell doesn't drop that in the end zone, they're probably going to OT or going for two. Man, poor Ronnie Bell. That sucks. Yeah. All the backlash he's getting, he does not deserve. I don't the think he's guy. getting. I think it's like he's not getting it now because people are like, he probably is like he feels the worst. So people got, like un- understand that. I gotta be honest though, if he even if he catches that pass, it goes to overtime. I don't think Harbaugh goes for two on that one. It goes to overtime and they lose. That's no, honestly what I, I think. No, I think if it goes to overtime, Michigan wins that game. Michigan was what Penn State sat on their hands. Horrible coaching job by James Franklin that second. They got Shocker. S- no, they got so conservative. So conservative. Prevent they, defense, yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. They got so conservative. I they did this against Michigan State last year, and that's why Michigan State won. They got super conservative. They were like, our defense is going to be able to stop Michigan the whole game. We're going to sit, like you said, they're going to sit in a prevent defense, not get beat deep. And I don't know. James Franklin is not a good in-game coach. When you play prevent defense, you prevent yourself from winning the football game. It's exactly. a You're playing not to lose. Yep. That's the end game. That's the end game. But at the end of the day, they still lost. And for Harbaugh, at what point does this become too much? At what point can Michigan fans finally realize this isn't the savior? You're not bringing back Lloyd. You're not bringing back the reincarnation of Bo. You still lost. I saw a lot of Michigan fans on Twitter this week who are happy that they only lost by seven. I but at the end of the day, you still lost the game. What's his anemic mark against ranked opponents? It's He's never good. beaten a team like when they've been an underdog. They have one win against a ranked at home. And I, I was it against Wisconsin, Wisconsin last year? Or it was Penn fourteen State? to seven. Exactly. Yeah. So it, you still lost the game, and that's what it comes down to. And the problem is Ronnie Bell being made out to be the scapegoat. That. Attention should be redirected to Dr. Blitz, Don Brown, and, <laughs> and Harbaugh. Yeah. And Harbaugh. Because at the end of the day, those are the two guys who really deserve to be getting shredded, not Bell. Bell's given that school everything he has. He's played better than what he was recruited to be. Yep. DPJ, Nico Collins, Ruiz, Anwenu, all of these guys who are five stars. Some of it could be attributed to coaching, but they have downgraded from where they were supposed to be. Bell is one of those only guys who was recruited as a three-star and is playing like a five-star. I know what? Great point. I wanted to touch on what you just said. Dr. Blitz, Don Brown. You could see a little chink in his armor after that Ohio State game last year. I think people have kind of exposed this Michigan defense this year. That that KJ Hamler 58-yard touchdown... Should never happen where Josh Metellus is 20 yards off the ball and you got KJ Hamler running a post at full speed. He's never going to catch him. Brown has an unhealthy obsession with either, either having his linebackers or safeties on an opponent's best receiver. You guys remember the whiteout when, what was it, McCray who was covering Saquon Barkley out yeah. of the backfield? Yeah. Over and over and over again. Brown's defense looks really, really, really good when they're playing Rutgers. Illinois, Maryland, whenever they play someone that's above average, they get shredded. They get shredded because he, like Patricia, has an utter inability and does not want to change. Yep. He does not want to put his number one corner, Lavert Hill, on people. I will say that you could tell you were a Michigan fan. That you could tell the pain that uh that uh putting McCray on Saquon Barkley had. No, I think it's funny now, believe me. <laughs> I, I've rejected my I, I've rejected my idiotic fandom. Believe me, I shouldn't have ever cheered for Captain Khakis, but everybody makes mistakes. No. <laughs> everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. What were you going to say? I was going to, I mean, when you said that he put McCray on Saquon Barkley, I was going to turn to our McCray 
and say, yeah, how, how'd you do covering Saquon? Did it go, That's did it good, go okay? Great dad joke. <laughs> you know, great you know, dad joke. He probably did about as well as I could have. Mm. Okay, I wonder. Wow, <laughs> that's just not true. Yeah, that's horrified not... tight yeah. end yeah. trying to guard Christian McCaffrey. What do you think's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh. Uh. Let's move on to my favorite segment of the week. Maybe not everyone else's, but uh, our SRZ Player Awards. We're gonna start off with the in honor of Illinois. I figured we gotta have an Illinois player as our offensive player of the week. Juice Williams, SRZ Offensive Player of the Week. I'll start. Lynn Bowden Jr. I don't know if you guys watched the Kentucky-Georgia game this week. They have a wide receiver playing quarterback. He went 2 for 15 for 17 yards. Not enough people are talking about this. This is a major SEC school, and they decided, hey, we're going to have a wide receiver play quarterback. He had no I don't think he had any completions until the fourth quarter. It's crazy. Shout out to Lynn Bowden. He's going to be a pro. He's a really good athlete. Not enough people are talking about the situation at Kentucky right now. Well, I mean— I'm pretty sure all their quarterbacks are hurt. No, there's they you they record they recruited a quarterback. Uh, he was on QB one last year. He's, he's out hurt. with an ACL injury. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, you have a you're telling me you don't have five quarterbacks on that roster that you're starting a wide receiver at QB. I mean, he was probably one of those guys, much no, like Connor Hayward app, yeah. and and Ladarius Jefferson, that played quarterback in high school, and he's just a phenomenal athlete. And so that's what I'm saying. Not enough people are talking about yeah. this. Yeah. I don't know if people are talking about it. We'll move on to Nathan Stearns for his guest appearance. Yeah, give, give me Endlinger. He was phenomenal against Kansas for Texas. Yes, he was. He was absolutely sensational. And yes, I know Kansas is almost at the level that Rutgers is probably. That's probably unfair for them to say, but they've been really, really bad for a long time. I know they lost to Coastal Carolina earlier in the year, but the fact you're talking four interceptions or four touchdowns to one pick, excuse me, 400 yards through the air is hard for anybody to do in college yep. football. Yep. So that's who I'm going with. He I, was absolutely sensational. I'll throw this to everyone at the table. Did you guys like Texas's throwbacks? I hated them. Did you guys they see him? Great, no. Genuinely didn't see him. From They're, afar, they don't look different. You got to look really close. Not, I mean, you, on the jersey, you can tell just it doesn't have the Texas across. The helmet was cool. It just like the burnt orange they had. It was weird. It didn't look right. I didn't mm. like it at all. But we'll move on to McCray. So my SRZ Juice Williams uh, Offensive Player of the Week is Mike Schmidt. The quarterback for Air Force. I don't know if you saw their uniforms. Those uniforms were so clean. They're modeled after, I believe, F-18s. Yeah. But uh, his stats were 14 rushes for 120 yards, three touchdowns, and he was 5-for-6 passing with 147 yards and a touchdown in a win at Hawaii. Okay, okay. I like that uh, somebody brought up the Kansas-Texas game because my Juice Williams SRZ Offensive Player of the Week is Puka Williams Jr. Puka. Puka. The Kansas... He's nice. He's he is good. The Kansas running back. He. I needed to pick somebody with a good name for Juice Williams, yes. so I had to pick. I had to pick Puka Williams, and he had 190 yards, two touchdowns on 25 carries. I will say this: there was a point in that game where they, when they went for two and got that, you thought they were winning that game. I thought they were winning the game. I was shocked that they didn't. It, I Kansas quarterback's not bad. Les Miles is like proving his coaching prowess right now at Kansas. They have two wins. That's a lot. No, ser- no, but like to be competitive even with a good Texas team is something. To put forty eight up against Texas, their quarterback is a lot and their too. running back are good. Like Puka's good. I don't know what their quarterback's name is, but he can play. Puka Williams is a pro. Like he he's very good. I mean, year one under Les Miles at Kansas, and they're already astronomically better than they have yes. been the last couple of years. And it hasn't translated to wins just yet. But if he's able to get some more good recruits in after putting up performances like this, they'll see that there's they're a few players away from being a very good team in the Big Twelve. Less than less is a he's one of those guys who're like does how how did Les get that guy? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a bad dropper. I feel like, but at the same time, I love Les Miles, so I'm not gonna disparage him for I, that. I do have an honorable mention though. Shane Buchel, the SMU former Texas quarterback. He mm-hmm. went 30 of 53 for 457 yards and six touchdowns against Temple. Pony Express. That, that's absurd. I love SMU being good. They I, have I great, do too. They have great jerseys. Oh, phenomenal. I love the helmet. I love the blue jersey. It's so nice. They're like if Ole Miss didn't screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, kind of. Yeah, Ole Miss... Think about Ole Miss. They have a sweet logo. I think we've talked about this. They have a cool logo, mm. and they have a great color scheme. You're right. The helmet is botched. The dark blue helmet is complete botched. They just need to go back to the 
light blue one and just make that their permanent helmet because the dark blue helmet looks terrible. The dark blue helmet and the dark blue jersey just do not fit. They look horrible when they, they, look, they wear They yeah. look so bad. I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. The Ray Malaluda SRZ Defensive Player of the Week. I'm going to shout out my brother Kyle. I remember when the Lions drafted Brandon Pettigrew and Ray Malaluda was, I think, the pick before. My brother was almost in tears because Ray Malaluda was that bit of the truth at USC. But uh, I'm going to go with a linebacker myself. And then it's Dele Harding. Former Michigan commit, went to Illinois, had 15 tackles against Wisconsin. Guy's a flat-out stud. So I, I bet Michigan wish they had him now. I, I just, yeah. yeah I, I, think, I don't know if he decommitted or they pulled this offer. I'm assuming that's happening because I don't know how he ends up at Illinois if he was once a Michigan commit, but I digress. But Dele Harding, stud. Who's next? I didn't. I'll, I'll go next. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Amik Robertson, the cornerback for, I believe, let me pull this up just to confirm, Louisiana Tech, yes. He leads the NCAA in pass deflections, and last week he had three interceptions against Southern Miss going along with an extra two pass defenses. Okay, okay. Nathan Stearns. Give me Malik Harrison because what he, along with the rest of the Ohio State defense, did against Northwestern was just absolute. It was something special. He had nine tackles, seven solo, tackle for loss. He was flying around the field and made life miserable for Isaiah Bowser and Drake Anderson. I know that Northwestern isn't good, but anytime you can hold any Big Ten team to three points, that's pretty dang impressive. And he was at the forefront of that. That defense is very underrated. Very. I mean, they're they're... Their offense gets talked about the most, and that defense is borderline probably the best they've had since the Shazier year when they had all those guys. I mean, since the national title team. I mean, they have everyone in the pros. Literally everyone on that national title team defense is in the pros, I'm pretty sure. But whatever. Move on to Aiden Hunt. Uh, My Ray Meluga. Ray Meluga. Meluga. Don't trust my spelling. SRZ Defensive Player of the Week is the entire Georgia defense because I, that was such an ugly game. Like, I know Lynn Bowden, like you said, we have a, a, a running or wide receiver playing quarterback, but there were 29 total passes. There's also this, a monsoon. No, twenty. yeah, 28 total passes in this game, 78 total runs, and believe it or not, Lynn Bowden uh, attempted more pass attempts than Jake Fromm. Yeah, but it was an absolute monsoon. Georgia, it was 0-0 zero to zero at half. I mean, Georgia. Yeah, it was zero zero in the third, like well into the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, they kind of they ran it up, made it twenty one to nothing. I, Georgia fans are questioning what's going on right now, but and they should. But this defense was good enough, good enough in quotes because Kentucky. What the hell are they doing right now? I feel like Georgia always has a linebacker with a single digit number. You're just like, wow. I it, this this might just be me remembering like Alec Ogletree, and I I've just had this like imagination of Georgia just having one of those guys like that always on their team. But I feel like they do have a linebacker single digit number who's just huge every year. It must be the jerseys. Yeah, the jerseys are for Georgia are so clean. So I'll, I'll throw out the Georgia D. Okay, just I, for holding I Kentucky, putting a goose egg on the board against uh, a Power Five team is always pretty impressive. Uh, nudge, nudge to Michigan State. Yeah, against Wisconsin. I don't hate that. We move on to the Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame of the Week. This made Nathan Stearns laugh when he first looked at the doc. <laughs> uh, Love it. Love I, I, I'm going to go with Dan Mullen. Just for the fact he was wearing a visor in a monsoon on South Carolina. What is the point of wearing a visor when it's raining? I, 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 hate, I hated it so much I loved it. I was like, I, I was like <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But at the, like the commitment to the visor that you're going to wear it in all conditions, I love that. So That's I give it most, to Dan Mullen. The most SEC head coach thing of all time. He looked horrible, too. Like his yeah. hair was a mess. Like the visor was like all crinkled. He looked so bad. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, my Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame of the Week is the Sooner Schooner. <sighs> Man. Tipped over. In the middle of the game, and is now out of commission for the rest of the season. I saw this uh, little boomerang on uh, on Twitter of these two women posing in uh, in front of the field, and then you can see the schooner tipping over in the background, and it's hilarious. Okay, okay, we'll move on to Nathan Stern. I felt I had to mention Eli Drinkwitz, who's with Appalachian State as a self. 
self-proclaimed UNC fan. I took great pride in watching UNC lose to App State because I'm also an App State fan, and it's nice to see the smaller schools in North Carolina do really, really well. I have not seen them do this good since they knocked off Michigan and had Armani Edwards. Yep. So for them to be where they are, the 17th-ranked team in the land is really, really impressive, and I thought he should get a shout-out. Nice. We'll move on to Aiden Hunt with my, a little off-the-board pick, but I like it. Yeah, so my Joey Ells Memorial Powerhouse frame of the week is Michigan State basketball guard Joshua Lankford. He will uh, not play at the beginning of the season like it was. till January. Like it was recently thought. He will be reevaluated in January. His foot issues, uh, the injury he had last season that limited him to only 13 games, have resurfaced. And you've got you to feel for the guy. Because this is a, a, a tried-and-true Michigan State Spartan. Tom Izzo can say nothing but good things about him. And you saw him get very emotional in his press conference when he announced that Josh wouldn't be playing for you know a good majority of the year. So... Best wishes to Joshua Langford. He is my Joey Els Memorial Powerhouse frame of the week. And that guy, that's one of those. Josh Langford is a guy who just doesn't make excuses, doesn't like look back. He just he has a strong belief system, like Izzo said. And it, it sucks because you know how special this Michigan State basketball team could be. And he definitely wishes he could be a part of it after missing out on a Final Four run. So that does suck. I did like that pick. He should get a shout out. Shout out Josh Langford. But let's move back into the Big Ten and look at the slate this week. Once massive matchup, Tate's a little downgrade after Wisconsin loses at Illinois, but they still head into the shoe playing a virtually unbeatable team. Eh, like... I don't know about virtually not unbeatable. Un- I, I don't know. I don't see a scenario Wisconsin comes out with a win. Do I you? Mean, yes, I guess, but I mean, I don't believe it will happen, but I don't know about unbeatable I I, I I just don't see it don't see it that's fair move on to uh, Iowa Northwestern tell me a game I don't want to watch <laughs> yuck no the, the, yeah they, they take take battle as they would say but not battle because it's to be brutal but look where it is Ryan Field yep. look, what, look what time it's at is that noon noon 12 p.m. where time does not exist Ryan Field at noon I, I don't know. I think Northwestern, I mean, excuse me, Iowa will show up because Northwestern basically ended their season last year. It'll be a 23-12 to 12 final. Yep. Sounds about right. I was thinking 7-3, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. 7-3. But next game in the Big Ten, I, I Illinois carry the momentum, the Ross aid. I, this is, I don't see, they're, a, I think, nine and a half point dog. Really? I don't hate that. I think I think it moved to ten and a half. Did it? I really? think so. At the same time, I I think this is one of those bet the first half line because Illinois doesn't have a belief system after a big win like that where they can play with anyone. So bet the first half. Of that it, game. It's ten points right now. Whatever the first half line is, take Illinois. I'm just gonna say that. I'm retired from gambling, but still, <laughs> uh, I don't re- even know you anymore. Yeah, I got yeah retired. Quotation marks. But uh, Rutgers. They play a game this weekend against Liberty, and they're six-point dogs, as Alex McCray just told me. Uh, Seven-and-a-half-point dogs. That, that's the most surprising line I think I've seen all season. Yeah, well, Rutgers is one and five right now. I understand that, but Liberty? Yeah. Liberty? You know. freeze, let's go. <laughs> wow. so, is he out of his hospital bed? Does anyone know? I, mean, I, I doubt I, anyone's I checked assume, on Liberty. I would assume so. I, I don't know. No one's checked on Liberty. No one cares about Liberty, but whatever. They're better than Rutgers, according to to Bovada and all these different sports books. Nets, the, the, the Nets possible look-ahead game for Minnesota that I've been saying for like four weeks that hasn't happened. The Terps come into Minneapolis, 3.30 game on national TV and ESPN. Watch out, Minnesota. Right before you play Penn State, I could see this game being close. I don't think like Maryland wins, but watch out, Minnesota. Watch out. Nets game, like I said, weird scene. Indiana 5-2. and two. Eh. And then... Going to Lincoln, Nebraska, and this is a game Nebraska needs and Staff Ross needs if they want to get to a set, like a reasonable number wins this year, like to seven and five or like I don't know. They need to win this week against Indiana. I, that might be a worse game than Iowa and Northwestern. No, there'll be points scored in that game. Indiana and like Nebraska have semi competent offenses. Is Michael Panic's playing? I do not know. I think he is. I, I, he was like a game-time decision last week against Maryland. He just ended up not playing. 
regardless, I think Peyton Ramsey is like a pretty solid backup for the big time. And that's rivalry renewed as Michigan hosts Notre Dame for the third time under the lights. Am I correct? Is it the third time? I think it is. But yeah, they host Notre Dame in a very weird thing. What What are you giving me that look for? Did I see that? Not now, but I think when the first line opened, Michigan was four point favorites. It's moved. It's Notre Dame's minus one. Yeah, we'll get, we'll I, get to that, I know that later. Now, but we'll get to that later. But this is a very big game for Jim Harbaugh. Very big game. I think you look at this in Michigan State as the two possible games that he has doesn't ha- he has to win one of these two because he's not going to beat Ohio State this year, and I think it's unreasonable to think that. But it, it, say he goes 0 for 3 on his rivals this year, watch out. I'm just Nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing's, He's got the university wrapped around his thumb. Nothing no, will happen n- to Nothing him. will happen, but the fan base, I think the fan base is on, not they're, they still support Har- Harbaugh, but they're at the point where like maybe he's not the, he's not the guy we thought he was. They but, will give excuses for that man dude, until if the they, end of time. If they Mark go, my words. They could lose to Rutgers, and they would say that the officials were screwing them over. I'm, if they go 0-3, if they go 0-3, I think he, it gets very hot for Jim Harbaugh. I think Michigan fans are at the point where they're becoming like reasonable human beings, where they just like understand that Harbaugh might not be like the savior they thought he was going to be. And if he goes 0-3 against Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, it's going to be hot. I'm Let me saying. ask you, if it took them this long to realize that he might not be all he's cracked up to be, what would make you think that they would be able to turn a page like this and think that Harbaugh, that they need something different? Because the fact that it took them five years to understand the fact that Harbaugh is a glorified Vanderbilt coach since Michigan <laughs> and Vanderbilt both have the same... I wouldn't same... go that far. I would. I would. <laughs> Michigan has the entitlement of Alabama in the trophy case of Vanderbilt. Think about it. Yeah. Think about it. In the last 20 years, it hasn't been great for the Michigan Wolverines. I will say that. Still a lot of history there. But I, Michigan-Notre Dame is a game that should be played every year. I say that Michigan State and Notre Dame is a game that should be played every year. I wish they Notre Dame never signed that ACC deal where they have to play, I think, four or five teams from the ACC every year, which is – I don't know why the Big Ten didn't offer them that same deal and got them in their basketball conference, but I digress. But I, I this is – a big game for Michigan. I'm just gonna say I, I keep like harping on, but it's a big game for Michigan. And even a bigger game this week in Spartan Stadium for the Land Grant trophy. Michigan State takes on number six Penn State at three thirty. Let's let's take a little bit of the tail of the tape of Penn State, seven and zero coming in as they take on Michigan State for the Land Grant, like I just said. It sucks this team's not played at the last game of the year anymore. Is that just I don't know why they did that. They because they didn't have it for a while because they were in different divisions, which I understood. And then, okay, Joe Dandron's peeking into the – come in, Joe. Come in, yes. Joe Dandron will be joining us for the pits. He's our station director, so he's got a – yes, you have to turn on the mic, Joe. you got to turn on the mic for us. But uh, he's our station director, so he's got bigger things than just our podcast. But we thank him for joining us. But getting back, it, it sucks that this game's not the last game of the year for Michigan State, that they have to play Rutgers or – Maryland every year. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like they brought it back the last like three or four years ago for three years and they got rid of it. I don't get why they did it. I think these two teams should play in the last game of the year every year. And then James Franklin and that's Michigan State. What is he? One and four? Is not it, good. Yeah. Not, not good. Yeah, one no, and they, four. One and four. And you you look at some of the coaching jobs he's done in this game. Not very good. You look at the rain delay game in East Lansing. Last year was an abomination, the coaching job he did in Happy Valley, because that Michigan State team was nowhere near as talented as that Penn State team. And his one win was the 3-9 and nine season, right? Yeah, and like I was going to say, there's sneaky bad blood between these teams. Maybe not the players, but the coaches. I don't think D'Antonio likes Franklin. I don't think Franklin likes D'Antonio. I don't think I, – I think it bothered Franklin when Jack Allen scored that touchdown when Michigan State went on to the college football playoff that year. I think it bothered D'Antonio that they were throwing, they were up 45 to three and they're throwing out routes with like two minutes left to go. I think that did. And then Franklin attacking D'Antonio and the rest of the Big Ten and recruiting, I think it was a year after. I don't think these guys like each other. I've, they're two very different personalities. Very different. Yes. Like polar opposites. So it's no surprise that they wouldn't be the best of friends. And uh, I, I think James Franklin wants to really kind of clear his record with Michigan State because he has not been good. And 
I think they're going to be really fired up coming into East Lansing this week. I do think they will. It won't. People are saying this is a maybe a look ahead game or a letdown game after a big game against Wisconsin. I don't really see that, but I also do think they're coming in not to a like a bear trap. Like Michigan State's going to be ready to play. Like they, I, I truly believe that they will be ready to play. I, I don't think Michigan State's very good. I, I think they have some very good players. I think they will be motivated when it comes to Saturday at three thirty. On the defensive side of the ball, yes, you I think so. The thing that I worry about is they should have gotten the message after the Arizona State game. We should have gotten the message after Ohio State and Wisconsin pulled our pants down on national television. <laughs> so I don't know at what point it sinks in for this team. And if it didn't happen, then I don't know if it will ever happen. Well, that's fair. I, I don't. I that's don't. fair. That is very fair. Looking at this uh, Penn State offense, Sean Clifford, first year starter. Been pretty solid, 16 TDs, two interceptions. Michigan native KJ Hamler, we talked about him earlier. He's Penn State's best player. Guy just flat flat out makes unbelievable plays every single game. He takes the top off the defense, as cliche as that sounds. But he, he's going to make plays against this Michigan State defense. And I think if MSU can accept that and not get too stubborn, I think they will have a chance in this game. Where did Hamler play high school ball? I think West Bloomfield. Okay, I was just curious. But in the, in he guy. looked really good. He looked very Joe good. Joe on the mic. Yeah. yeah. Shout out, Joe. Awesome. So, I think that I think Hamler looked really good against Michigan. Um, Clifford is, I don't know how good of touch he's got on those D balls. He kind of just whips it up there. Yeah. For guys like Hamler, because he's got a lot of athletes on the outside, that Were offense you, does. So, I, there, Penn State, I don't. I think they might be frauds, but I'm not sure. I was just going to say this. You, I, I wouldn't say they're frauds. Did that Michigan game? Because I, I'm none of us are very high on Michigan. I don't think anyone's high on Michigan. I don't think people really believe they're a contender in the Big Ten or like even a semi like good team in the Big Ten. Penn State like could have lost that game. Do, do you buy into the fact that maybe Penn State hasn't played anyone and th- this could be a spot where you like see Penn State's true colors? Or is that is that just reading into this too much? I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be one of those Smash Mouth style games just because it's supposed to be 53 and rainy. Okay. So I think both offenses are going to be one-dimensional. And maybe the best bet for Michigan State to have uh, Hamler really be taken out of the equation is the rain, is the whatever. you got to force Franklin to beat you through the air, especially if it's going to be that gross out. But Michigan State does a really good job at making games ugly and making you grind things out. So if they're able to do that, I will pick them to win. I just, I think they'll be good on the defensive end, but I think we're going to see another game of our offensive linemen get over overtly out physical at the point of attack. And can we talk just briefly? Why is a Curry listed as the two offensive tackle? They have him on the depth chart. What has Higby done other than constantly look like a human turnstile? He reminds me of Matt Khalil. And that's a little Panthers analogy for you, but... A little Panthers talk there. He's Love been it. just getting his butt kicked. He's, you know, you go from backup right guard to left guard to tackle. It's musical chairs. I don't know what he's done. If a Curry's healthy enough to finally appear on the depth chart, why isn't he playing? I, d- I do think he'll play. And you're completely right. Hidby's just not a tackle. He wasn't a center either. He's probably he's not an offensive lineman. He's more worried about what fans are saying on Twitter than actually being better himself. I I I don't follow Tyler Hidby's Twitter, but I didn't know that. But very fired off about Tyler Hidby. He has not been very good this year. It's fair. The, the analogy is fair. The, uh, this is a total side note, but is it really supposed to rain during the game on Saturday? Yeah. I, 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 I read it was fifty three and rain. I, I got to weather I up right here. Aiden Hunt just fat chat you. What do you? What? I just looked and it's fifty four and sunny. Shout out, really. Let's go. Or partly cloudy. One of I'm the glad other. you did because okay, we have conflicting views. It's it's rain. Whatever. We'll have two different pits for two different weathers. I would love rain though. Rain I would, would be great. Hey, yeah. No. We're, we're inside. No. If it's Michigan State football and it's I'm raining. Inside, no. Oh, Antonio you're outside. Uh, let the record show the weather way. channel has it with a 50 percent chance of rain. So okay, 50 50. I like yes. it, Nate. Wait, I like the way you back that up. You got to stand tall there. AccuWeather says 25 percent chance of rain. All right. Okay, do we, we need to, do we need to yeah, right, Joe. We are warring with weather apps. Okay. Okay. Instead of warring about weather apps, let's start warring about the picks. Ooh. That was the best like fade in I've done all year. I'd agree. <laughs> that was fantastic. And right. we're gonna, and, and we're gonna start off with the game right here in East Lansing. 330 kick. Let's look at the standings first. Oh, oh. I, I I got two You ruined it. No, I did ruin it. I got too fired up with my great lead-in that I cut off Aiden. Go ahead, Aiden. So, the standings, 
RS file. Last week, Ryan Collins, you are a big loser. You went two and five. Ugh, yeah. Week. Hey, but hey, I took Illinois. That was my wild card pick. I was the next biggest loser. I went three and four. Eric Bach was four and three, and then Alex McRae, Joe Dandron, you were co-big winners five and two. Current standings: Eric is last place with the least wins, but only, he's close to five hundred. He's twenty-three and twenty-four. Uh, Alex, you've twenty-four and twenty-nine. You are climbing up. You're right behind Ryan Collins, who's 25 and 28. Joe Dandron is 29 and 24, right behind me, right behind me at 30 and 23. I don't like the whole, this whole Joe, you know, being good good at this standing, or at the, at the pick him, considering he doesn't know how betting works. So who would have thought? <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just kind of preposterous. We need him to go 0-7 this week. Okay, be great. I, I wouldn't go that far. But uh, like I said, we start with the game here in East Lansing, 3.30 kick on ABC. Michigan State getting seven points against the Penn State Nittany Lions. We'll start off with our special guest, Nathan Stearns. What do you like here? Boy, that's a big, 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 big line. I think Penn State wins, but I'm thinking it's going to be between three and six points. So let give me Michigan State covering, but Penn State still going coming out on top. Can we get a score from you, Nathan? Oh boy, let's go 13 to 10, Penn State. Okay, like I, said, I think it's going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly and game. rainy game. Yes, and yes. rainy game. I'm but... banking on the weather. Come on, weather <laughs> channel. I need you to come through for me, baby. I need go, you to come through. I'll go next. I love Michigan State in this spot. I think this is the last time as a Michigan State fan you could convince yourself that this team like still has life. And if they if they show up dead, like they they're not ready to play, I, I it's it could get very ugly very fast. Even if it's not as ugly, like it's ugly now, it could get way worse. I'm just saying that if they lose, if they get blown off the field on Saturday. Watch out, but I do like Michigan State to cover seven. I think it's 24 to 21 Penn State. Okay. Uh, I think uh, the worst-case scenario here happens. I think Penn State walks into Spartan Stadium, and they smack the Spartans. I got Penn State covering big, 34-13. Fair, 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 fair. So I also like the Nittany Lions to cover. I think it's going to be a weird scoring game. I like them by 10 points, 20 to 10. Okay. Joe Dandron. All right, I'm going to go Penn State. Yes. Penn State's going to take down Michigan State 17-9. to Okay. Talk Chris, about a weird score. Chris Berman right there over there giving that score. But we, we move on to the my favorite game of the week, the Pittsburgh noon game that they seem to play every single week. Pitt is the noon game every week against some weird ACC opponent. This week, it's the U. Pitt is laying six points. Give me the Pitt Panthers, big. Miami's dead. I don't get this at all. This game's at noon on ESPN. Yuck. Pittsburgh by a lot. They're, they have the most sacks in the FBS. I like Pitt this week. I'm going to have to thoroughly disagree with you there. Pittsburgh, their last couple of games, seven-point win, three-point win, three-point win, one-point win. They do not cover spreads. I got the Miami Hurricanes. Okay. Nathan Stearns. Oh, man. Give me Pittsburgh. After Love the it. Love it, crap Nate. show Love it. that Miami laid against Georgia Tech, yeah. Manny Diaz is running this program into the ground. I know Pittsburgh doesn't always cover, but right now Miami looks like they've, they're taking place in the conference basement, and Wake Forest is actually taking the spot of where Miami used to play. So give Shut me up. Pittsburgh. Shout out Wake Forest. Oh, I know. Let's go. That You can win clean, people. You can win clean. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> the Demon Deacons. I love that. I love them. I They're love going for the Meineke Care, Car Care Bowl again at Bank of America. Let's go. Meineke Car the Care Bowl for the bowl win. Now. It's the, the Belt, belt bowl. bowl now. It used to be the Car Care Bowl. Saw it, them play West Virginia. It was a I terrible love, game. I but. love this Wake Forest talk, but we got to move on to Aiden Hunt. Pitts at home. Their blue and golds are clean. I like them to cover just for that. I think they win by... It doesn't matter. They cover. Okay. Joe Dandron. I. You know what? I'm a big South Florida guy, so... Miami? Miami. Okay, good good, good logic there. I think everyone likes South Florida, but we move on to the biggest game inside the Big Ten. Big crossover matchup between East and West. Ohio State number three, lane 14.5 points against the number 13 Wisconsin Badgers. Noon kick here on Fox. We'll start with Alex McCray. You know, I haven't picked against Ohio State thus far this season, and it's worked out pretty well for me. I'm going to stick with it. Give me... The Buckeyes. 
I, I, I'm gonna disagree with you. Like you just, not so fast, my friend. I love Wisconsin to cover here. I think this game will be close in, into the third quarter and then Ohio State's athletes will just take over and Wisconsin won't be able to match up there. But I, I do like Wisconsin covering 14 and a half. That's a big number for a Wisconsin defense that is very, very good. Nathan Stearns. Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, along the lines of Collins here. I think Ohio State wins, I'll say, in the neighborhood of 30 to 20, something along those lines. But I think Taylor's going to be really, really upset for how they lost to Illinois, and he's going to run up and down the Buckeyes' throats because I don't think the Buckeyes have faced a running back this year that's even remotely close to his caliber. Give me Ohio State 30-20 to 20 over Wisconsin, but Wisconsin covers. Our in-house Ohio State fan, Joe Dandron, what do you like here? Oh, man. Oh, man. Joe says he's not an Ohio State fan, but he definitely is. Hey, hey, in Columbus, Badgers. Oh, wow. <laughs> Surprising there. Very surprising. That was very surprising. I also like the Badgers to cover. I think Ohio State wins by, I don't know, 13. Okay. But I think the Wisconsin goes into Columbus, into the shoe, and they put up a good fight, but I think Ohio State rolls them still. The Vern Lundquist Memorial Game of the Week. I'm, I'm going to start calling that 330 CBS that. Number two, LSU, minus 11 versus the Auburn Tigers. I, I don't know how you bet against LSU right now. They cover every single week, and I'm going to take them again. I, 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 you, you see them against Mississippi State, you get a big number like 18, cover. You see 14, they push or cut. Like, they cover big numbers. This offense is special. Yeah, no, I got to agree with you there. Uh, I, I made the mistake of picking against LSU a couple of times this season. That's a big reason why I'm so low in the standings right now. I got to go with the LSU Tigers. I do too. I'm, I think Ed Orgeron's going to teach Gus Malzahn how to call a real game. Give me LSU. <laughs> Not a Gus Malzahn guy? God, no. God, <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I love how Stern's this. Do you, I, you can tell that these there's certain guys that you get upset about, they've bothered you for a long time. Yes. 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 So I love yes. that. Probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but yes. <laughs> so in the game of the Tigers and the Tigers, I like the Tigers Okay. to win and to cover. Go I, Tigers. Uh, I like LSU. Okay. That was awful. I hated every second of that one. <laughs> okay. Big game, Burrow. Came up, they came up big against Florida. Yes. But you like you like Auburn. Give me Auburn. Okay. You're you're literally like Corso. You like make a point and then you pause and then you're like, you know what? Give me that team. I love it. I love it. Next game on the slate, TCU getting two points in Fort Worth against a number 17 Texas Longhorns. 3.30 kick on Fox. If you haven't seen what TCU is wearing, PU, they're one of the worst alternate jerseys I've ever seen. I don't know why they're trying to get rid of the, the red. Like, why they're trying to push red into purple and black when they're absolutely fuego. So, I don't know. I'm going on a rant about these jerseys. Alex McCray just saw what the jerseys they're were. Horrible. Instant reaction, Alex McCray. It, it'd be not safe for work. Yeah, what? It, yeah not what good. What is that? What is that? I don't know. But we're going to start with Nathan Stearns. Give me Texas. TCU hasn't been great all year. They're 3-3. Three and three. You lost to SMU. Iowa State's okay. Kansas State's okay. Give me Texas. To okay. Okay. I like Texas, too. Those TCU alternates are Yuck. horrible. Are, are, are they worse than the, the neon greens? No, they're not. They're I, think, I think no. they are. No, they're not. They should I, be outlawed as well. Yeah, I, I agree with Collins. They're really bad. They're not that but bad. But there are two uniforms that I can think of off the top of my head that are worse. The Florida Gators alternate Gator uniform last year, disgusting. Michigan State's alternate. Michigan State's awful. neon is one of the worst jerseys to ever be worn by anyone. They I, look, can't, I can't say that enough. I can't say that enough. They'll probably wear them this week and win somehow. They look like a green apple slushy. They, they do. look like a green apple slushy. It was point. not a, oh my God. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Joe D'Angelo. You know what? Tom Herman, man. That's your boy. He, okay, cool. Hook him. Hook him. Okay. Give me Texas. Okay, that was <laughs> a, what a great pause. Anticlimactic. Uh, so I'll go next. I think the one, the the two point line is a sucker line based on how bad Texas played against uh, Kansas last week. I I gotta go with Texas. I I don't see how TC really keeps this game that close. I. I... This line doesn't make any sense. It but doesn't. Texas's defense is horrible. Their secondary is horrible. They're one of those teams in the Big 12 that just cannot tackle. 
And I think Gary Patterson will have the Horn Frogs ready to play. I actually like TCU in this game. Wow. I know. That, it's surprising, but I, I do like TCU. This is a spot where Gary Patterson gets the most out of his players. I do like TCU. Next game, big, big game in the big house. Number 19, Michigan, getting one point from the number eight, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. 7.30 kick on ABC. I'm going to kick it off. Notre Dame big. I think this is a funeral. A funeral. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see people leaving at halftime. I, I, I really believe in this Notre Dame team. I really like Ian Book. I think he's very underrated for what he's done at Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame. Oh, we're going to me. Yeah, second, yeah. Okay, so Notre Dame. No, okay. <laughs> Great analogy. Love it. Aiden Hunt. Notre Dame, two scores. Okay. Nathan no, I'm, serves- go, I'm going Notre Dame 31 to 10. I think this is another example of Har- Harbaugh being exposed for the fraud that he is, and Dr. Blitz is going to get his butt kicked by Brian Kelly. It seems like Harbaugh Buck. did something to you personally. No, it's just re- I get. I went to school with so many Harbaugh slappies that made so many excuses for him, and I've never seen a guy get so many excuses for being so mediocre at his job. They have enough talent. They recruit well enough to be up there with Ohio State and Alabama, and every year they look closer and closer to being like Rutgers. <laughs> Alex McRae. That, that's a little harsh there, Nathan Stearns. No, I don't, I don't no, know about it's not. that. Um, as much as I want to say that Notre Dame isn't that good. I really don't think that Notre Dame is that special of a team, but I I can't buy into Michigan right I can't, now. I can't, I can't buy into them. I, give me Notre Dame by less than a, a touchdown. Okay. I mean, I, 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 think, I think it'll be a really close game. I don't think it'll be the funeral that everybody's saying. It'll be another game that Michigan fans can look at and be like, well, they were ranked higher. We weren't expected to win, so Harbaugh should – Keep his job. It'll be another one of those games that Michigan fans can look at and just kick the can down the road again. And say, okay, well, we're we're getting there. Okay, okay. A lot of tapes there. I, I yeah. I, I I don't know where I go with Michigan because I didn't think they're. I don't think they're horrible, but they're not good. So I, I I don't know where I am with Michigan. We move into our wild card pits. We're gonna start off with special guest Nathan Stearns. Give me Liberty covering over. Love it. I Absolutely know, love it. I know that that's. Really, really bold, but I think Hugh Freeze, out of his hospital bed, is going to make Rutgers look <laughs> like the joke of the Big Ten that they are. Frankly, how this team's on FCS school right now, I don't know. I don't know because their under inability to even put a relatively competitive football program on the field is mind-numbing to me. Okay, I like it. I like it. I'm gonna. I don't want to catch you off guard, Joe. Do you have a wild card pick? Okay, Joe Dandron, up nuts. Let's hear it. I. Right, I'm going to go Minnesota. Minus 16 and a half. Okay. Against yeah, get, Maryland. Guess what? We're going to have dual. I got the same game, but I got the other side. I absolutely love Maryland plus 16 and a half. I, I just don't. I, Minnesota's due for a game where they don't play very well. I bet against Maryland when they played Penn State, and I'm betting against them now. Yeah, I you, believe. Roll I the bet, boat. Bet, betting against Maryland has made you a lot of money, and it's a very stupid thing of me to do, but I actually do like Maryland this week. Alex McCray, wild card. You know, I wanted to go with the Rutgers-Liberty game. I wanted to say Rutgers was going to cover, but then I looked at it and I said, man, they've scored 14 points in the last four weeks. That game's too too iffy for me. I, I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm going to go with the SMU Mustangs covering 14.5 against the Houston Cougars. I don't hate that. Don't hate that pick at all. Go Stangs. Go, yep, go Stangs. Aiden Hunt, the commissioner of the picks. I don't know if I'd go that far as to call me the commissioner. I... I don't know. I, nothing about this Utah team sells me yet, and I don't think they can cover 21.5 against Cal. I know they, they made some mincemeat out of Arizona State this past week, but something about it just doesn't sit well with me. I like Cal to cover 21.5. I actually I like that pick a lot. I really like that pick. Cal's defense isn't horrible. I know they've had injuries on the offensive line. That's a good pick, Aiden. While I say that's a good pick, they are not covering probably, or like they, they'll cover. Because that's just how it is. So, I don't know. Another good week of the pitch, right? God, that was a bad fade out. Gosh. After that great fade in, that fade out was brutal. Oh, man. You hate to see it. Yeah, really it, hate... it happens. It happens. The thing what I did... didn't hate to see, though, I, I'm really good at these transitions, if you guys haven't noticed. Nathan Stern's joining the show. Thank you. We, yeah, I no lo- problem. This was great, guys. I'm telling you, he will be a regular 
occurring like guests for the picks because you're just such an electric factory. We can't not have you on the show regularly. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's just the element. No, it, he just it, knows his stuff. Yeah. And he gets fired up. I love it. He's a resident, like, true Michigan fan, too, a jaded a jaded old Michigan no, fan. No, I, lo- I don't think he's a Michigan I, fan. Okay. No, well, no, I burned. I sold my I sold my soul to the devil in that aspect a long time ago. I know I'm talking like I'm 65, but for anybody listening, I sound like I'm 65 so I can get away with it. I can get away with it. <laughs> I did forget to mention, last week we went 4-1 and one on the wild card, so golf claps for us for going 4-1. and one. But, yeah, that's not that will not happen again. Another good week, boys. Another long show. I can't wait to go home and take a nap. I'm just going to say that. That was exhausting. It wasn't as exhausting as it will be probably next week when Michigan State has to play football. So thank you again for listening, Ryan Collins, Alex and Craig. Okay, first of all, everyone's laughing at me. I thought someone would cut in there. No one could cut it in. Well, I was going to use saying take a nap at 830 at night. I was going to say is it sleep or is it a nap? It's sleep. Yeah, that's true. Okay, but whatever. Good show. Ryan Collins, Alex McRae, special guests Nathan Stearns, Aiden Hunt, and Joe Dandron. Thank you for listening to Spartan Red Zone. Follow our coverage this Saturday at WDBM Sports on Twitter and wherever we're at. I think we're going to be on the air this week. Who's calling the game this week? It is going to be Alex McRae and Eric Bach on the call in 88.9 FM in the Lansing area. So if you're in the Lansing area, what's it like? Turn the radio dial to that. Turn your dials. Turn your dial to 89 WDBM. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you guys next week. You have been listening to Spartan Red Zone, a production of Impact 89FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.